0: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, just for what you're doing all over the world. Uh, God, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. Um, God, I I do pray uh, just for your protection over the believers in India, uh, God, in other parts of the world where, God, there is very real uh, danger and persecution. God, we pray you would keep your hand upon them and, and, God, just allow them to continue to make disciples and. Uh, to, to do their business in peace, God. And Lord, we pray that, uh, God, you just move in us and show us, Lord, how we can be a part of what you're doing, God, how we can be a part of mission trips in particular. And God, I pray you just speak during this time. Uh, God, sent me aside. Please speak uh, by your spirit. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening, everyone. It's good to see you guys. I'm uh, privileged to get to share with you guys a little bit tonight. I see a lot of faces and people that I know and love, but also some people that I don't know. So if you don't know who I am, uh, my name's Nate Fife. James asked me about sharing tonight, so I'm gonna share a little bit uh, about mission trips, and I'm gonna talk, uh, share three reasons why we should go on them, and then also just three quick takeaways or lessons that I've gotten from trips that I've been on. Sound good? Yeah. Now we don't have a whole lot of time, so. Listen fast, and we'll jump right in, okay? So the first thing, the first reason that you should go on a mission trip is to see the world. See the world, and and even more than that, the people in it. Okay, so I'm not saying see the world like you hear people say, well, i got to go see the world before I settle down. You know, they just want to go on a bunch of vacations before they settle down in life. Uh, I'm talking about going and seeing the world uh, with a purpose and, and with the Lord's eyes. And something that we know about the Lord uh, in his word is that he is God that so loved the world, right? In John 3.16, we know his heart is for the world. Uh, Revelation 7 and verse 9 uh, also talks about this very same thing. I'm sorry I didn't put the, the verse in the slide, but I will read it. You can flip there if you're fast. But Revelation 7 verse 9, it says, after this I beheld, so, so we're seeing what's happening in the landscape of heaven, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, and kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Okay, so again, God, his heart, We know is for all peoples, all languages, all nations. We also know in Luke uh, 10 verses 1 through 3 that Jesus sent his disciples into the world. He specifically tells them to go, and then by the book of Acts, as you progress a little further, believers are going all over, spreading out all over, just spreading uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So all of that being said, it does kind of make sense I think, for us to go on mission trips, right? It kind of makes sense. And one way that we can grow in our heart uh, for the world is by going and seeing the world. You know, that's one of the ways that God is going to stir in us is by actually going and laying eyes on the field and seeing the world, seeing other nations, seeing other people groups, you no, I've had the, the pleasure of getting to go on some different mission trips. There, you're going to see a lot of pictures up here from Toronto, Canada, where we went uh, just last year. Um, and I've been there, uh, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Tampa. And, and so now when I hear these places, when I hear Toronto, when I hear El Salvador, when I hear Costa Rica, there are, there are specific people, there are faces that come to my mind. There are people there that I love and care about that I still think about to this day. Okay, so that's one reason to go on a mission trip is to see the world and the people in it. Okay, a second thing, support the missionaries. Okay, so on mission trips, we have uh, this great opportunity. We get to come alongside the missionaries who are in the field and we get to, to just help in what they're doing. We get to labor with them in whatever it is that, that, that they're doing in that field. So, for instance, in El Salvador, when I was there, we joined them in evangelizing on the streets. That's, that's what they were doing in El Salvador. In Costa Rica, uh, we helped put on a vacation Bible school. And we went all over the little towns. Uh, I was with Will. It was awesome. We went in a van and we would just pick up kids, invite them to come and hang with us for a VBS. In Toronto, uh, we were able to, to meet and love on a couple of believers who are there Uh, trying to gain kingdom territory and you actually see them right up here on the screen so oh go back for a second yeah that's Paul on the left and Rain there on the right so I'll talk more about them here in a second but you know by God's help we can go and be a blessing uh, be an encouragement to those that are on the field you know that's what we want to do as we go on mission trips and then you know it ends up happening is we end up being the ones getting blessed, right? If you've been on a mission trip, you've experienced that, I'm sure. We're the ones who end up just feeling so blessed and so built up, but we get that opportunity to go and labor along with them. Now, I do want to show you on this next slide. Wow, that's incredibly hard to see, so I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know if I can even read that, but I'm gonna try. So this is a picture of our team. We were all hanging together, and Paul and Rain are there to the side. And this is Rain's Facebook account. So while we were there, uh, I think it was Mitch, Pastor Mitch showed us this post that she put on Facebook. And she said, I am so, so, so happy with my Christian friends from KC. I, no wait, from the moment I saw them, I felt closeness and warmth. Praise the Father that we had a wonderful time together, and I gained so much energy from them thanks Lord, and three hearts. I mean, that is, that is heartwarming. I mean, that's such a cool thing to get to be a part of. And so that was last year, uh, late May, early June. And now fast forward a little bit of time. Is Julia in here? Is she here? She's in the nursery. Okay, well, fast forward a little bit. Julia, from what I heard, I hope this is true, was just paired to disciple rain. So praise the Lord. I mean, from a distance, Julia is going to be discipling this believer in Toronto, Canada. So, you know, we got to go and and have a little part of that. It was awesome. Okay, so that's reason number two. Reason number three, God commands us to go. Now, this alone should be reason to do it. Now, of course, I, I understand that you can be obedient to God's command to go by going to your neighbors, by going to your family, your friends, your coworkers. You can be obedient to that command by doing those things. But I think we all have to consider, you know, if we are called to go, well, well we have to consider, would God have me to go on a mission trip, right? Would God have me to go be a part of one this year? Is that, is that something that God wants me to do when he says to go, and maybe, maybe you think things like, well, you know, others always go on those trips. I mean, James always goes on those. Chris will be on those. There are those leaders. They go on those trips. I mean, why would I be the one to go on a mission trip? And, and I would just challenge you to maybe change that question to why wouldn't I go? I mean, really, why wouldn't you go on a mission trip? Uh, I hope all of you will, will think about that and ponder that. And now maybe there are reasons that come to mind. There's the money. There's the getting off work. I could personally tell you stories. I know others could as well of how God took care of all of that completely uh, for me, my wife, to go on mission trips. So that's nothing for the Lord. Okay, so, so consider why wouldn't I go? You know, as I was thinking about this, I remembered uh, Dale Thomas's message. I think it was last month for missionary prayer. And he said something that really stuck with me as a simple question. He just said, where to Lord you know that's something he told us to consider is where to Lord and so I've been thinking about that uh, praying about that since then you know where would you have me to go on a mission trip Lord I hope all of you will consider that now I know I said there's three but there is one bonus here real quick let's see yeah there it is one bonus new friends right Mitch He, Mitch thought he was pranking me when he took my phone and got this picture, but I, I got you back. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, uh, the, the way that I really know Mitch is from our trip to Toronto, and I feel like we bonded. I love Pastor Mitch. I want to go back to Toronto with him again. Uh, there, there's many friendships I have, actually, that started from mission trip relationships. Joshua Hoare is another one. Now, when you sleep with, let me rephrase that, when you <laughs> when you sleep on the same air mattress together for a week in Tampa, Florida, you kind of have to become friends. I mean, that's how it worked for me and Josh, and, and now we're super tight. So, you do get new friends, that's a sweet benefit of going on these trips as well. Okay, so there's three reasons, there's a bunch more. Uh, But there's three reasons that you should go on a mission trip. Okay, so let's move now and talk about uh, observations or lessons that I've learned. And again, there's plenty more of these from mission trips. And I I am using mission trips as, you know, a reference point. But realize that these things I'm about to share, these three points apply just as much to living life on a mission. Okay, so it's not just going on mission trips, but it's it's if you're going to live A missional life. Okay, so the first one the mission is hard and requires perseverance. No, I wouldn't say that any mission trip I've been on has been easy. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I think every one has been a blast, absolutely. But with each one, there is hardness that's involved. You know, there's sickness in Toronto. I was unfortunately the one who experienced that, got sick there. Uh, There's rejection that happens exhaustion there's conflicts that come up there's inevitably some trouble that goes on back home you know while you're away and the, those are those are examples from mission trips and those things happen but again they are also just a microcosm of what happens in real day-to-day life right when we're living for the mission hardness comes with it now we know the lord the lord told us that's the case you may, for instance, have to sleep on a bed that feels like concrete with a room full of rowdy, musty, nasty teenagers over the weekend. Right, Fisher? That's a reference to our youth retreat this past weekend. It, it was kind of funny. We went to this place we had never been before, and we we're like, it looks cool. like, And it was a cool place. There were cool things about it. But then the main room that we met in and did all our services in there was no heat for some reason there it was like freezing in that room one of the boys cabins a high school boys cabin no heat it's like in the 20s overnight there and but then you're like hey i'll just get up and take a nice hot shower no you won't because the shower was ice cold like i couldn't even do it i felt i was like nope just gonna have to wait till i get home sorry Okay, but, but all that being said, you know, James mentioned it. We have a kid that people have been praying for for years. Numerous gospel conversations, dozens, who at this retreat get saved. I mean, you know, we have to have some, some spiritual grit. You know, I, I like to think, I hope that we would go sleep in a ditch, you know, for... Isaac Oatney to get saved. You know, that's worth it. I think uh, the Apostle Paul comes to mind. He's obviously an excellent example for us. I'm not going to read these verses, but in 2 Corinthians 11:23 23 through 27 is where Paul's talking about how he's a minister and some of the things that he's been through as a minister of Christ. Uh, for instance, he was beaten, uh, shipwrecked, he was robbed, he was imprisoned, and on and on and on. The dude went through a lot. Okay, but Paul, he just kept pressing on. And that, that's what he says, actually, in Philippians three fourteen, He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And, and we can see you know, from the account of his life how true those words are. I mean, the, the dude was a savage, but he just kept pressing on. You know, he, he took that hardness and just kept going. And you're not going to experience all that on a mission trip, I don't think, but there will be hardness. You know, it's not a vacation. There will be hardness and you have to persevere. Okay, number two, we have to intentionally go to people to find the people who are interested. I think this one, the big things that stood out to me in Toronto Uh, And and in these trips, you know, there's always a lot of strategy and planning and intentionality that I see on these mission trips. You know, in Toronto, every morning we start our day with kind of a team meeting. We would huddle up, we would read the word together, and then we would talk about what we're doing that day, the the specific places that we're going to go. You know, we're going to this place uh, over here, this park, and then we're going to go to this college campus because there are young people and internationals there. Uh, We had specific ways that we were going to engage people. You know, we had target questions that we were going to ask. We had a very specific plan. You know, we were letting the Spirit lead us, but we had a plan. We had a strategy. You know, we didn't just wander around Toronto uh, waiting for someone to walk up and ask what we're doing there. (laughs) You know, we didn't just wander around like, "Ah, I hope someone comes up and asks what I'm doing here. You know, there's a lot of intentionality on these trips. And that, that really left me thinking, man, is that true in my day-to-day life, though? I mean, on these trips, we, we got a goal in mind, and we're going for it. And, and we have a, a plan, a way to do it, but am I doing that in my day-to-day life? I think that's something we should all consider. You know, in Toronto, we had a lot of conversations with people who really didn't have any interest in talking about Jesus you know, generally people were friendly. Our whole group uh, thinks the same about that. People were friendly; they would talk with us, but the majority of them didn't want to have the conversation about Jesus. But there were a few that did. You know, there were a few. There was John on the train, a guy named Sonny that me and Jesse talked to in the mall, uh, Edward in the park. I'm actually going to my dad. He's going to come up for a second and share about this guy Edward just real quick cuz so my dad had a cool interaction with this guy named Edward so dad everyone say hi dad
1: yeah a lot of people and it was intentional our purpose monday tuesday and wednesday <clears throat> was to go to places where people were parks universities shopping centers and like he said we go up to him, and we would set the conversation geared toward Jesus or God. Uh, we was thinking about one of the uh, goals going to Toronto was about the idea of planting a church there like this one here. Wednesday came, Wednesday night was planning a Bible study at 7.30 in the park, this park here that you see the picture of. And... We must have met, before that time, 50 to 100 people. I don't know, a lot of people. And we got some positives and some negatives and some leave me alone, you know. But we took phone numbers and we kept in touch with them and kept reminding them about the Bible study. And we thought several would come at first, but as Wednesday was approaching and Wednesday evening they started dropping off. And I was getting a little discouraged, actually, after, you know, pushing so hard to see this happen. So 7.30 was coming around, so we was heading to the park, and it was just us nine. And I said, Lord, you know, can we have someone at our Bible study And it's like he said to me, well, you're going to pass some people maybe going to the Bible study. So we was walking on and we was coming to the park. I mean, right there was the entrance and we was going in the park area and there was a bench there. And this guy was sitting on that bench. He wore a blue shirt and a black hat. And I just went over like this and said, hi, my name is Doug. And he said, hi, my name is Edward. And I said, hey, we're going to have a Bible study right now, right here. Do you want to come? Yeah, okay. (laughs) So he got up and he started walking with me. And he was in our Bible study and I praise God for that. And Josh took some time to talk to him and, and go through some things in the Bible with him. And... The next week, I think it was, after I was home, I tried to contact him. I had his phone number, and I had his email address, tried him a couple times, no answer. But I kept praying about it, you know. Two weeks ago, I was looking at my contacts, and he had a picture there. So I thought, I'll try again. So I tried again, and he came right back. He wanted to talk. So... What I'm saying is there's a connection there. So when we go back to Toronto, you know, and, and have a Bible study in the park, I'll see if I can get with Edward and see if he's going to be in town. He works for the airlines, so, you know, he's in town sometimes. But that's how, God, that's how God works. He didn't leave us destitute without anybody to teach the Word of God to, so praise God for that. Amen.
0: Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dad. That's who you want to be like when you grow up, by the way. So that, that interaction reminds me of a couple of passages in the Bible that you'll read on your own. Uh, in Acts 3, when uh, Peter and John are going into the temple, they stop and inter- interact with the guy who they could have easily passed right by. Um, and, and he responds. And then uh, Jesus with the woman at the well in John 4, you no, know, Jesus was intentional. He said he had to go to Samaria to that woman. Okay, so God tells us the fields are wide unto the harvest. There are people who do want to hear the gospel. But to find those people at peace, we may have to first get rejected a number of times. I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from Toronto uh, that, that that has to be okay. And a lot of times my struggle is, man, I'm too concerned about being rejected, okay? And then number three leads right into this last one. Comfort is an enemy of the mission. So I'll tell you guys something that's extremely uncomfortable uh, to me personally and kind of the way I'm wired. Something very uncomfortable is walking up to complete strangers and trying to engage them in a conversation and see where they're at with the Lord. That is extremely uncomfortable. My natural man hates that. But you know what we do a lot of on mission trips? That exact thing, right? And that's okay, you know? You should go and do that same thing. You should go and get really uncomfortable. You should go on a mission trip, get, get really uncomfortable, feel really awkward, get stretched beyond your, your comfort zone. You should go and do that. It's good for you, it's good for me. And I realized the more I'm concerned with my own comfort, the less I'm concerned with souls that are around me. Now that's something that happened on the train. This is the last thing I'm going to share. Uh, This guy, John, who I mentioned a minute ago, we're riding on the train a lot in Toronto, and so I got sick there. I got better enough to where I could go and do stuff with the team again, but my throat felt horrible, like the worst it's ever felt in my life. And so, we're riding on the train, and I'm kind of feeling bad, kind of feeling in the dumps, probably feeling a little sorry for myself. And Lydia is like, hey, that guy over there, I think he's reading a C.S. Lewis book, this guy on the train. And I was just kind of like, oh, cool. You know, like, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm swallowing knives. So I think I'm, I think I'm just going to sit here and not do that, um, which I'm actually ashamed of now. But uh, Josh, he ended up going over to this guy, meeting him. Dude's name's John. They connect real well on the train. Josh's like, we're on our way to uh, go to this park to have a Bible study. This was a separate Bible study than the one dad talked about. Uh, And the guy's like, yeah, I'll come. He goes and eats dinner with us. He hangs out with us for multiple hours, has dinner, goes to Bible study. We talk still after the trip as well. Right. So I kind of missed out on that because I was worried about, you know, me feeling comfortable in that moment. Okay, but I'll just close by saying that you guys should, again, go on a mission trip and experience everything I just shared about and more. Go get your eyes on the field. You should go do that. Go meet missionaries and labor alongside them. Go take part in what God's doing in the world. Go get really uncomfortable and grow and be stretched and be changed. No, it's worth it. And remember what Del said to close. Where to, Lord? You no, that's what we should be asking. And you can go to mbtkc.org slash missions and find all the options of where to. If you want to go to Toronto, that's where I'm praying to go again, September 18th through the 24th. Put it down. I'm trusting the Lord to go back. But thank you guys. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to put the map up on the screen. Right after I'm done praying, we're going to transition into our missionary prayer groups. Okay, so a map will be up there. And then once you guys are done in those groups, you'll be dismissed, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for the joy and privilege of going on mission trips. God, I pray you would just stir in each one of us to consider how we can be a part. Um, And God, let us all ask, where to, Lord? Uh, God, be glorified. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.